This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am unashamed. What about you? Yeah. I appreciate that. That's Dan the man. Uh, Dan, speaking of the woolly, the woolly look or the slick look, he went with the slick look. He's thirty five. No, I lock, I feel like we've started midstream. <laughs> Willie or woolly? He's talking about we did a we did remember on the yeah. last podcast we you talked got about two, two types of males Hair, hairy running around males. males. They're the woolly types, that'd be like you, and then there's the skinheads. But it all comes down to the hair. Do I leave, lose it? Do I keep it? Do I sell it? Do I get rid of it? Or do I make it grow? A lot of talk about, about hair. Oh. But Dan over there, he, Shave, went with the, he said just, just slick it. Yeah. Just no, slick it. No hair. No hair. No hair. He just got rid of hair. But he's also, this morning, he brought us some cups there a while ago. I appreciate that, Dan. For those of you listening, Dan has entered the, the Dan's layers. Dan's on the premises. <laughs> if you're wondering what's going on there. 45 minutes ago, an hour ago, down in the middle of the woods, Dan, we didn't have the operator, Jimmy Red, Redneck Gibson, on the scene because <laughs> he's up there, you know, getting ready to go. So wait a minute. Let me ask that. So is is he red because he used to have red hair, or is he red because he's a redneck, or is it some combination? It's of a both? combination of both. Okay. okay. Well, he's yeah. married to a redhead. Well, that too. But he's a like, heavy equipment operator. But he was not on the scene down in the woods this morning. We had two gate valves. We just put a dump across the bayou. We got these gate valves. Mac Hobbs welded up for me. So Dan said, "Well, I'll I'll take care of the traco here." You know, get them off the truck. These things are expensive. Tracos? They're they're gates. The tracos expensive, about 150 grand. (laughs) And Dan jumps up on that thing, you know. And I thought, Dan, you're a heavy equipment operator. Oh, look. You know, the first time the iron hit the iron, and you know, I was watching him because you know I didn't want to get around this thing. We picked it up off a trailer, and if it falls on you, you're dead. So. (laughs) He just was, and I saw the hole that you dug. If you fall in that, you're dead. Yeah, (laughs) amazingly, death. Dan went from a eunuch that helps Miss K, her butler. (laughs) He went from that to a heavy equipment operator, and I'm watching him. And I mean, he's he's doing it. It's slow. Everybody's moving in slow motion. But we we picked up two big pieces of iron, swung them around, laid them down over in the woods. Go come back, got the other one, put straps on them. And he just raised, just think about a big metal gate. Well, that's about what the thing was. But Dan's over there. He never missed a lick on the whole thing. All he did was Which get in there. That's good. And he was looking at the. A lot know, of the, people don't know he never missed he a never lick. He never missed a that lick. That means that's he did positive. great. That's thumbs up. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah, just thumbs trans- up. What I'm saying is <laughs> do not ever underestimate Dan. <laughs> I mean, skinhead, he's got a routine. He wakes up in the morning, he, he eats algae and, you know, uncooked egg whites. I mean, he's but, very healthy. Oh, what are you digest. talking about? How do you how do you get the egg whites if they're uncooked, separated from the yolk? Or is you that... buy liquidated um, egg whites from the store. <laughs> you, oh, they carbon, sell that that way? 100% that seems, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why. <laughs> it takes a little bit to get used what to. What I'm it. telling just, you is, but, the guy has multiple skill sets, and 
you know, I, I tell you, he's decided not to marry. I'm just saying. Can you imagine? <laughs> date, date women and anything like that. Can you imagine <laughs> meeting a guy on the street and you say, well, what do you do for a living? And he says, I actually separate the <laughs> egg whites from the yolk. No, that's just to keep him going. No, I'm saying there's a person who's doing that as a job if you can buy one in the store. That's I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that. All right, so, Dan, we're going to have to invite you on the podcast officially sometime so you can defend yourself. Explain this. Uh, yeah, exactly. What did that have to do with the cups? I don't know. We ran out of cups. And he's a good, <laughs> out of the goodness of his heart, I said, call Dan, but tell him bring us some cups this morning. I will say this, that... Y'all can't see me, but the head thing, the shaving the head, that's for aerodynamics. So I'll defend myself right there right. on that. So, like, good to you see you, Dan. Good to see you. Oh, the so, visit by so Dan. We had to have Dan on the podcast. That, Dan was, uh, most people don't know this, the Unashamed podcast originally, we had, uh, before we hooked in with Blaze, we were going to call it Net Faith Podcast. I don't know where that came from, but I, I saw some old Net notes. Net Faith? Net Faith. And it was. I don't know. What is it? What, what? I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. What is this Daniel name? Stevenson, that guy right there, and his daddy, his daddy and his, you know, they, they were strict on him. But I, I can just tell old Gary right now, Gary, that boy is the most trustworthy individual yeah. Yeah, I've seen in a long time. Steady Eddie, Gary. Steady Eddie. So, uh, so yeah, so we net faith. It was before you came into the into the project, okay. and so Dan, we actually recorded. There's there's like fifteen or twenty lost episodes out there oh. floating around somewhere of me, Dad, and Dan doing this. Well, I bet that's- I only bring the trustworthiness <laughs> up because we in our culture now, and we're almost to the point to where when you see someone or run up on someone that is one hundred percent trustworthy. Yeah. You need to take special note of that. That's all I'm saying. But I mean, you know, I'd trust him with my life or or my money. Actually, you do both because oh yeah, you know he's he's the guy. So and he does take care of mom as well. So we love Dan. Dan's awesome. We'll have him on the podcast sometime. So I want to mention this um, something brand new, Dad. That's uh, that we've just come out with, and it's called the C Plus Gospel Series, uh, which is really cool. It's a this is a Mom and Dad, along with Ben and Melissa, my cousins, uh, Ben and Melissa Atkins, started a uh, 501c3, kind of like me and Moo, and it's called C-plus Ministries because Dad says he's a C-plus man, right? And so I, 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 My point with the C-plus thing was that we're in the book of Matthew. We're fixing to run up on a text in Matthew 16. After Jesus asked Peter and them, he said, who they say I am? Well, some say Elijah, one of the prophets, you know. They, they're saying you're all kind of people. So they was given guessing at who Jesus Christ was. And he, but Jesus said, well, what about you, Peter? This is coming up in, later on in our study in Matthew. He said, who do you say I am? He said, you're the Christ, Messiah, the, 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 the Savior of the world. That's who you are. Right. And he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, Peter. You're going to be the ones that open the gate to it, son. So but they've already said it's near, it's near. So right below there in, in Matthew 16, from that time on. So everybody take a note. When you get to Matthew 16, about the mid, mid part there, when you get down there where Jesus said, look, here's what's fixing to happen. He's, he's predicting what all the prophets said about him. And uh, what he said was, 
in the middle of 16, you get out of about verse 21, start there, and here's what you're going to do. This will be great for you people out there that, that are Bible readers. What you do is you write down the next time he says that right next to Matthew 16, 21. From that time on, he must go up to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. All these people he's dealing with, they're all going to be gathered together against him along with the Roman Empire that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. He sets the standard. He's talking about the coming kingdom, he being the king, and the way he's going to end up the Messiah of the world, the Savior, is because he's going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. Start there. The next time you see that is Matthew 17. Just turn one page. And, he, and, he, and watch this. When they came together in Galilee, this is Matthew 17, about verse 20. The reason I call it C plus gospel. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And check this out. The disciples were filled with grief, Al. They're like, what? He said, I'm, they're going to kill me. They didn't understand the ramifications about the resurrection. You don't run away from somebody who you know is fixing to be raised from the dead. When they finally did hang him on the cross, Al, everybody hit the road, including Peter, who's sitting there with the keys to the kingdom. Yep. Uh, everybody <clears throat> deserted him. He said, this is going to happen. Now watch. Then you put beside Matthew 17, after putting Matthew 16, you put 20. 18, chapter 20, verse 18. So you turn a page or two, and you get to the part about what Jesus said. We're going up to Jerusalem. See if this sounds, we, we are beginning to get very redundant. Jesus is. We're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. Well, that's what he said back over there in, in Matthew 16. They'll condemn him to death. They'll turn him over to the Gentiles. There's the Romans, the Roman soldiers ramming a spear in him to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. What a, what a, a thing to say about yourself. You're saying, this is what's fixing to happen. Well, lo and behold, you put your next text, Matthew 26, verse 2. So you follow what Jesus is saying, he, who he is, what he's going to do, and Matthew records, you know what? Jesus Christ died, was buried, and raised from the dead. And he said, and I now have all the authority on earth and in heaven. I'm the one they killed, and I'm back standing here. And they're all looking at it. Well, why is everybody so shocked? He told them what he was going to do. Well, when you get to Mark, you start over there in Matthew, and in Mark, throughout the book of Mark, the gospel Jesus is going to be condemned. He tells the same thing. Mark recorded him doing it. You get to Luke. Jesus has said, I'm going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. You get to John. Jesus said, I'm going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. And each one of those guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Al, record the same story. So the question is, why be so redundant? And why keep saying something over and over and over? Here's a newsflash. So you can't miss it. Right. It's impossible to miss. <laughs> if you'll just read the text about what he said, 
who he was, what he did, what he's now doing back in heaven at the right hand of the Father, mediating for the members of the kingdom. The kingdom came, and guess who was doing the sermon, the preaching, and when you get to the book of Acts? Peter, yep. because he's the one that had been given the keys. He said, you, with the help of wicked men, put Jesus to death by nailing him to the cross. He said, now Peter's all fired up because he saw it. Right. He ran away. When he looked back, he said, good night. The grave scene where Mary and, and Peter and John ran up there. He said, good night. Where's his body? What, what, what's going on? They still didn't grasp the levity of what he said the whole time he was with them. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the gospel is Jesus dying for the sins of the world, being buried and raised from the dead. God has become flesh. We remember it as Christmas. We're counting time by him. And when you read through these texts and you get into the epistles, it just keeps coming up. It's preached, Paul told the Corinthians. It's received. It's stood on. It's believed. And if you don't, and if you get out of whack and you forget what you heard, you'll be condemned. So Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. It's not rocket science. And look, for all you who say, do you cover that material in this little, the C-plus gospel series? We cover that for the ones who want it. We do it in air coming out of heaven, God becoming flesh, dying on a cross. We have that. The empty tomb and the air going into heaven, and the final era is what we are now waiting for in September of 2021. All we're waiting on is the return, Al. That's right. <clears throat> so the purpose, what a story. The purpose of this uh, booklet is a resource for you guys, and, and so when you get it, just know that the purpose of this ministry is to get the gospel out. So it's just a resource, and it's hopefully the first book of many uh, we started out with the gospel because that's the most important place to start. Uh, we're probably going to use some of the books we've done, do something on the book of John, something on Acts. Something By the on way, Rome. while you're there. So it's just a resource. Go to cplusministries.org, cplus, P-O-U-S, ministries.org, and you can get a copy of it. By the way, the final thing that you go in in there, it's, I, I, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you've taken your stand, and this gospel is what saves you. And what happened to me, I passed on to you. This is critical. Of first importance. Right. One place in the Bible it says this is what I'm saying to you is of number one importance. Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. That's 1 Corinthians 15 in the epistles. And it just keeps coming forth in all of them. Right. What happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So just to let you know, everybody, when you buy this book, this money does not go to us. This is a this is a nonprofit. Every money bit of money goes in here goes to advance the gospel. So it's not going. It's not coming to us. So just so you know, that's the purpose of it. Um, let's take a break. So uh, one of the things uh, we talk a lot about is the Second Amendment and how important it is during this. Uh, Last couple of years, there's been so much craziness. I mean, gun sales and ammo sales have been record levels in America. I think it's people just knowing they kind of got to look out for themselves, you know, because you're not sure defund police, you know, all this different stuff that's going on in the world. Of course, I was thinking about Australia, Dad, because they've had some pretty draconian lockdowns. But I thought, you know, they all gave up their weapons on the big buyback 
few years ago, probably not the best move if you want to be an independent free people. No. <laughs> you know, so one of our uh, sponsors is a company called iTarget. And so w- what they do is they help you train without necessarily having to, you know, fire a bunch of ammo that's hard to get now anyway. So it's, it's dry fire training, which helps develop your muscle memory, sharpens your reaction speed. So you do all this through an app on a phone, which is pretty neat. And they have all the major calibers for you to be able to use. And so if you want to check these guys out, it's I, the letter I, targetpro.com. You're going to save 10%, plus you get free shipping when you use the offer code Phil. So that's itargetpro.com. itargetpro.com. Use the offer code Phil. Save some money and make your shooting a little more proficient. So before we get into our thing, I do want to mention uh, that uh, we want you guys to be sure and rate and review and share uh, on all of our social media platforms. That's important uh, for the podcast. So be sure and remember that. So, Jace, we're uh, Matthew 5. You've been doing a little deep dive. I actually (laughs) had to study this last night because it seems simple when you first read it. But to my knowledge, I don't think I've ever participated in a deep dive of Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes. And what gave me trouble was, you know, when you see this, when he starts the, the sermon, the red letters, and he goes up on a mountain, which I, I've used this as a joke to legalist and organized religion around the world, this first verse. So, you know, you're a preacher. So if you want to use this, look, I'm, I'm going to give you a funny, you know, for people who, who are uncomfortable with anything happening different in a church organized setting. In their day, actually, Jesus goes up to the mountain and he sat down. Everybody else stood up. Yep. So I'm like, we do the opposite. Not we me. have we have I sit at a table. Well, I, I knew you were gonna like this, Phil. So the preacher. I don't want to talk down to people. I want to talk with people. So my joke is when people say, you know, I don't know if it's something, you know, ridiculous, like can't eat a biscuit in the holy of holies or whatever. Or they try to, you know, this is my spot or whatever. It's like, well, if we want to be like Jesus, we should have the preacher sit down and the crowd stand up. Amen. See, see how well that goes over. <laughs> that would be all for it. They, they wrote a book about that. Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty right, funny. I thought that so, was funny. So, Jace, where you, you went to Israel, uh, I've heard people say that, they take people on these tours to this spot. Did you go to this spot? I did go to this spot. and You went to that, that spot? Because I've heard that's part night. of it. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Because you you know, it's one of the most well, famous. When people say, of... this is the spot. Well, right. <clears throat> I mean, look, the whole, the whole thing looks similar. It's basically the Sea of Galilee is in a bowl. So if you get on any little mountain there, there's a lot of places where there are cliffs where a crowd could be underneath, but the spot they deemed it's real pretty. They somebody put like a, a little hut where you could have dinner under the yeah. under there, and there's a cross, and I mean they ha- they 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 made it look kind of like a picnic area, but uh, <clears throat> it is surreal to imagine 
If it wasn't that spot, it was somewhere like that spot. But it makes more sense on how you could be heard. Right. a lot of people, when you think they didn't have microphones. But once I went there, I thought, I see how this will work. Because sound would travel down to where the people. Well, just, yeah. But he starts off giving the roadmap to these people with these qualities. And the reason I think I had difficulty with it is, you know, this word that's translated blessed, which means happy in our, in the English language, a little more happy with a little more substance, 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 I would say. But so if I just read it, he starts off saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> and then he kind of goes on about that last point about blessed are you, so happy are you, you know, when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because Which is of very counterintuitive for that. That's yeah. what I was getting at. <clears throat> I mean, if you we, just pick... We've, we've all three, at some point, off and on, off and on, have experienced that. Wow. Oh, yeah. No but doubt. It's what, just a given. What stands out is, I mean, if you just put happy in verse 4, happy are those who mourn. What? Well, how does that work? Right. You, you would never think that to be true. And look, I'm going to be yeah. honest. Most of this stuff, when I was a youngster, this was frowned upon. Like, you know, Willie and I fought pretty much every day for a couple of years. (laughs) And we always got to the end, and I would usually say, say mercy. He would never say it. There was a couple of occasions where I was, he had used some trap to get me. And he's like, say mercy. I didn't even know what that meant, but I knew I wasn't going to say it. I mean, look, if I would have died. Mercy comes hard for all human beings. That's right. Yeah. Mercy mercy comes hard. Especially in in battle, in conflict. That's right. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'm not saying it because he wants me to. And right now I'm dying. I I could be dead. That was the reason Jesus said it, just because of your conclusion there. So, well, what got me to thinking, I was like, I see why we don't talk about these qualities much. So I studied, I read pretty much most of the night because I was trying to get my head wrapped around this. It was a list of qualities that he possessed, and they didn't, and we don't, until there's growth, there's repentance. there's, There's, Yeah, these things are not easy to come by. No. So here's they, what they don't they don't they don't come to you naturally. That's why when the world Jay says, "Well, we can be good without these qualities," because we're not going to read that junk y'all read. Yeah. Well, it's the but exact we're opposite. Them to it, we say, "Have you ever tried this?" Or, 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 or just as a lifestyle, and they'll ha- they have to say, "Well, not really. I don't bleed the Bible." Well, if they read these qualities, you would think they would say. Yeah, but but it's not possible for well, human cause, beings cause to be do. like this. It, yeah. It's not going to happen. 
You say, yeah, it can happen. Well, it, well, because we do the opposite. I mean, you just think about it. People, yeah. people make fun of people for being meek or use that as weakness or they're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They're hungering and thirsting for food and a beverage. You know, I mean, it, it's that's it. Just go so, to Facebook. How do these qualities, are they part of, from what I've heard about Facebook? From a guy that's I've never, never actually been to on, Facebook? I've never looked at Facebook. Yeah. I don't know what the face in the books. I don't know what about that, <laughs> what, it, what it means. But this is a book I'm reading now, and it's face-to-face with it. But do you find these this kind is of qualities? The original because Facebook. I'm going on I what y'all told me. Everything's a lie. Y'all said here. everything's a lie on Facebook until proven otherwise. It's actually well, I'm saying, a well, good... That's a long way from what <laughs> Jesus said. It's actually <laughs> a really good illustration. It's just weird because it's true. You're not going to find these qualities on any kind of social media platform. <laughs> Very rarely. So the question is why? It ain't there. Why think, is it not there? Because, because it's, that's it's what, about... Exalting yourself. Yep. Well, this is all about now lowering. You're, now, you're, now you're on to something. And trying to only make yourself look better. I mean, that's part of the whole <clears throat> purpose behind it. Even the stage stuff that people do on social media, it always seems to be some hidden thing with people. The state of Vermont, they gather together and champ- as champions of the idea that this is the only place in America where there's really no religion. We finally got rid of it. Well, I'm looking at at the poor in spirit, the ones who mourn, the meek, the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the ones who are merciful, and the pure in heart, and the peacemakers. Why would they rail against those qualities that you would see in human beings? Why would you rail against it? Well, I mean, because you don't understand it. I, I mean, as, as much as anything. Well, hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. So, Dad, you always said you always told us coming up that one of the things that about blowing duck calls is if you you always tell audiences if you do it in the house, you're going to drive your mother crazy, right? You remember or saying that, your wife. Or, or your wife? So, so always practice outside. Yeah, always, so give them a little bit of taste of what why that is. The reason is you're you're inside a cooped up place. Now to us, that's music, right? I mean, that's a that's a mallard hen is what that is. But to, what, if, what if you're a female duck hunter? You would drive your husband crazy. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, I'm training my daughter, uh, Felice. I'm training her on how to use a duck call. And amazingly, there's a little headway there. And she informed me that she got on the Internet and all this stuff, you know. She said, you know, I, there are women duck hunters out there. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, no doubt about it. And and someone can and blow more up and more each year. So, d- to some duck call sounds are great, to others not so great. And so sometimes I've noticed this about Dad because Dad uh, wears hearing aids that when he doesn't want to hear th- certain things, you can just turn those down, right, or pull them out. That's part of the the beauty of them. But what you want to do is obviously hear when you want to hear. And so one of our new sponsors uh, is a company called MD Hearing Aids, and they offer a much more affordable hearing aid. Most are average twenty four hundred dollars a pair. But theirs are only two hundred ninety nine ninety nine, 
which is really good. Um, they're nearly invisible. They're rechargeable. They're water resistant. They ship them directly to you, uh, which is really good. So uh, if you want to improve your hearing or maybe shut some people out when you want to, go to mdhearingaid.com. Use the promo code UNASHAMED. You're going to buy one, get one, $299.99 for each offer. So it's really good. Free uh, extra charging case. That's a $100 value just for listeners of UNASHAMED. So go to mdhearingaid.com. Use the promo code UNASHAMED. Or you can call them 833-581-1546. That's 833-581-1546. You have to hear them to sound like them. There you go. Well, here's what I think. I, I think just reading this, when you try to kind of practically put these things in your life, that's where the difficulty is. That, that's where I had trouble recognizing. So how do I do this? So the more I studied, here's what I came up with. Y'all poke holes in it. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Here's what I came up with. I came up with that I think, what I think is, is the first four of these Beatitudes that somebody came up with. I think that's a, a good name for them. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think they are about how your heart relates to God. And the next four are how, if you have that relation, then well, you how— You say it, the, the ones who believe he exists— ex- Exactly. You must believe he exists. Well, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what I mean, but— and, and the other four are about how you relate to other people. Now, here's where I came up with that. Because, like, when you get to seven, which would be verse seven, the fifth quality, which is merciful and the pure in heart and the peacemaker and, and happy are those who are persecuted, well, God's not going to persecute us. So I know he's not talking about that's other people. We're going to persecute you. Yep. Uh, God is rich in mercy. So it, we're not talking about being merciful to God. He, he's, he doesn't need mercy from right. us. You know? so, but the first four, I think, make more sense because if you look at it with your heart for God, because you, when you think, well, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That, this is what I had trouble wrapping my head around because I'm like, how do I be poor in spirit in the world? And that's why I think it's your heart towards God, because when you think of being rich in spirit. You can take a cursing, if you're poor in spirit, take a cursing, and instead of retaliating, you just forgive them and move on. You well, don't I think that them. would be blessed are those who persecute you. What I think it means is that your spirit, in view of the existence of God, is poor because you realize how much you need him. It, it's this it's is where point. you get in the desperation, the brokenness. People who don't believe in God, they don't think they need need God. They're not poor in spirit. They're, they're like, I don't need God. There, there's no need. They're hearty. I, I think that's what it means. Now, look, I could be dead wrong if y'all have a, a different idea. No, I think that's let, spot lay it on. on me. No, I think that's which right. leads to the <clears throat> second one. Well, blessed are those who mourn, because it. Which, by the way, on, on that poor in spirit. So if you think about, that's why I think it says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, think about what the kingdom of heaven is. It's where God reigns. Well, unless your heart is broken to a point where you would look to God to reign, you wouldn't be part of the kingdom. 
But so I think those two things, that's what made me think about it. I thought, oh, because you wouldn't want to be a part of the kingdom if you didn't believe there's a God, and you wouldn't believe there's a God if you weren't poor in spirit. If you were prideful in spirit, you'd say, I don't need God. I know what I'm doing. And I think people have over overthought the word poor. It's kind of been applied through the years as like people in poverty or, you know, they don't have much going on in this life. But that's not what he's talking about that's at not all. What he's talking about. Because you could be highly successful, you know, which we, yeah. Jesus is going to run up on some people that are, that have a good, have their spirit is right and it's in tune with God or it's not. I but mean, you're, it, you're poor in your decision making process, which has led you to realize that you can't answer your problems and there's a need for God. I mean, man, you can go back to your sin problem or your death problem, but basically just a life problem. You're not coming to God unless you realize that you, you just, you can't do this. Right. This which I like think what? is poor in spirit. I, yeah. I think overall the human race does not, uh, uh, De- they don't deal with the issue. When when Paul talked to Titus, he said, when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Spirit that he generously poured out on us. So you read that text, you say, it's all about mercy. Because if you get what you deserve, none of us would make it. None. Right. Let me read this. He provided oh. a way where if you, the merciful, they, they will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to get a reward. I, I'm going to get to that merciful because I think that was the first one, how we interact with people. Well, let me say something just before you read that. So, Dad, you and I sat and had dinner with uh, the family that owns Hobby Lobby. <laughs> yep. And so these it's a billion-dollar over a billion dollar company, very successful. Would you say those folks were poor in spirit? Yeah. I mean, they were as successful as you could be in, in American culture and capitalism, all that, but their heart's desire through all this success is how to help people, yep. how to get the gospel out. I mean, to me, that's a, that kingdom wise, that's what it's all about. We've made this too much about like, culture. And they are exercising and being. The light of the world. They are. It's salt and light is exactly where he's headed with yep. it. Nope. So I think if you think about two verses, that this, these will help you about understanding what we're saying about being poor in spirit. One of them is a famous verse, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And the other is James three sixteen, which says, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. Mm-hmm. So I think being poor in spirit is the opposite of having selfish ambition because you're you're you looked at yourself and you realized you know what i'm not taking plus if you're not the big dog you don't care well right. you're happy with being the little pup well right so there's a humility you're right that kind of runs through all of these but but in proverbs 3 5 and 6 i think it for what he's introducing here in Matthew, what he's setting the precedent, because we know where the next two chapters are going to go. He's going to get to what's going on in your heart, which I think that's why he started here. I mean, when you say poor in spirit, that's your heart. That's down deep where all the decisions are being made and all your emotions are bundled up into one. And that 
That's what he's looking after, not somebody who can correctly identify the list of rules that you're supposed to follow with your heart or not. Now, thank you. Exactly right yeah. there. The purpose of this section beginning, what because this, this is three or four chapters he's fixing to go through this, yeah. is to create a contrast for what the mindset has been up to this point about what a kingdom life look, looks like. No doubt. So there's, that's why he that starts. contrast yeah. is the way he starts it. And he starts with such crazy ideas. Because like I said, I mean, I've been following Jesus since I was 14. But when I read this last night and thought, I, I don't know, I, when I skimmed it, I thought, oh, yeah, we got this. But then when I started analyzing it, I was like, what in the world does it mean to be poor in spirit? Right. Yeah. What does that look like? Well, and I yeah, had to yeah. come back you, you to how you to say You began to say, boy, I've got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was found to be like, I was poor in spirit about being poor in spirit. <laughs> Let's take another break. But I wanted to read this because I think this really goes in with what he's fixed to lay out. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's what Proverbs 3, 5 says, mm-hmm. which which the only way you wouldn't lean on your own understanding is if you were poor in spirit. Yeah. Because we want to say, oh, I understand everything. I know everything. I'm I'm the greatest. I'm, I mean, even, you know, we just did a thing on being a C plus man, but. Most people. It's kind of like, Jace, looking at someone you know. You've been around them. You've been close to them. You interact with them. And you find it very difficult, having been around them, with them, work with them, play with them, eat with them. And you, you begin to say, when is the last time I heard a belligerent, string of profanity, vicious profanity, or hatred direct. When's the last time I heard this person I've been around for years? When's the last time I saw him pitch or her pitch a big fit and just holler and rant and rave about something that you're like, it's not that big a thing, but to them, they're ranting and they're You say, well, what about the people who just steady as she goes? Yep. Steady as she goes, steady as she goes. It, it, that would be poor in spirit. You say, I, I don't see any belligerence ever right. coming forth from them. Right. So it's just kind of a learning curve because we certainly left alone. There's plenty of it. Start with Facebook and, you know, Google this and that and then other and people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the attacks are just ad hominem, just, just, just pouring out. You say, yeah, I, I kind of. Well, see, that's why I all these see things. What kind of heart? Yeah, um, and it, and it really starts at the simple. I, yesterday, Lisa hired this sixteen-year-old kid. He's working on her flyer beds, and he came in last night. And it was funny because you know it's a come and get some water, you know whatever. He comes in, he sits down, he said, "Mr. Allen," he said, "How do you know you have faith?" Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting question. And I said, "Do you believe that Jesus?" is who he said he was. Do you believe that he really is God and he came to this earth and died for you? He said, yeah, I believe that. I said, do, do, is he your Lord or you, he's above and you're below? He said, yeah. And I said, then that's how you know you have faith. It starts there. Now it grows exponentially, but if you don't start with being poor in spirit, then you're never well, going to get uh, to that point. I mean, you, I, he's got to be yeah. more, I have to be less. Yeah, and I think that's why I didn't say this, but I thought it. The reason I broke them into two categories, which Jesus didn't, but, you know, he's going to eventually get to 
you can sum the whole law up with two things. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which I think those four things, those first four verses, represent that verse. Correct. And then the next one is love your neighbor as yourself, which, which I think the these half. next four represent that exactly. I think you're on to something. I, I, I think I am. I, I, I'm going to read this because I think this is cool. When you get to the blessed are those who mourn and blessed are the meek. So basically, you know, you think, well, why do you mourn? There's some suffering going on, either physically, emotionally, spirit. You lost someone. There's pain in your life. So you mourn. But it says, for they will be comforted. Well, we know who the comforter is. And then it says, blessed are those, blessed are the meek. And so I thought, what is meek? And I, the word that popped into my head was powerless. You know, when you're meek, you seem powerless, whatever that means. So the more I studied, I, I've, I wound up in Romans 5 because I know we studied Romans, but I didn't look at it from this vantage point. But, you know, he said, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. But watch this next verse. But not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, which is another contrast. We don't rejoice in our sufferings very often. Right. I mean, let's just be honest. You can read that and it sounds great, but we're like, no, there's nothing happy about this. Yep. But watch what he says why. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. But watch what, what happens here. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts, which I think is the whole point of what he's representing here about getting your heart right before God by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. There's where your comfort's going to come from. So it's basically, that's why when I read that, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted because the pain that happens in our lives is has our heart in a situation that God specializes in comforting. Right. So, and then the you say, well, what about the meek and the powerless? Well, then he goes on the next part. He says, you see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, which I think that's a synonym for meek, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will, will anyone die for a righteous man. And, and y'all are familiar with that. So, and I thought of another verse where, you know, that one that says uh, in 2 Corinthians, where it says we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the power is from God. But you remember what comes after that? Isn't that 2 Corinthians 4? Yeah, mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. <clears throat> but then it says that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So meek people come to God and he supplies the power. Right. <clears throat> but then, you know, the next verse is after that in 2 Corinthians 4. We are hard-pressed on every side, crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned. We always carry in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body, which if you go back to the Beatitudes, there again, I think those first four represent 
what the Christ, what the cross of Christ appeals to. And those the next four is about more the resurrection and how you you interact with other people. Right, which is <clears throat> one step too. Let's take another break. So I got two illustrations, Jace, that that I think prove your, what you're saying is true. On the meek side, you remember Moses in Exodus. We see how Moses was born. He was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He gets to be 40 years old, and then he thinks it's his time to lead. He goes out and he kills this person that's mistreating his fellow Hebrew. I mean, this is a guy who's been trained, who's physically there. He's got all the power. But then he realized in the moment nobody was going to follow. So he takes off, he flees, and he winds up in a desert tending to sheep for 40 years. And then he winds up, God calls on him, comes back through a burning bush and says, all right, now you're ready to leave. 40 years of being in the middle of nowhere, having no interaction. And at one time he thought he was the big deal. And the the reason I bring him up is because I think it's somewhere in Numbers, it says Moses was the, the meekest man on earth. In other words, the most humble person on the earth at the time when this was going down was mm-hmm. Moses. And the only way it happened was because he then wasn't didn't think he was the guy. But after 40 years out there in the desert of understanding that God really was bigger than he was, he then was able to lead. So his oh, life wow. sort of broke down in 40 years. Then his last 40 years, he led the people out. I don't, oh, I, I agree 100%. I think these first four things all take time, and you have to, you have to like marinate in the misery right. of it all. But I think you're... One hundred percent right. In all those stories that I thought of in reading this, there was a common theme, and it is while we wait in these qualities, God is working. That's right. Every time, while you're in it, He's He's working. That, I think that's why I read that Romans five. It's a process that we don't, we can't stop and recognize it and say, "Oh, I'm developing character here," because this sure yeah. is painful. Yeah. yeah, and you know it's just not happening. Well, it, it is worthy of note. We covered this before in the podcast, but this is so similar to uh, when you start reading, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The meek, they'll inherit the earth. Uh, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, about verse 3. Look how many times he says this, and we've covered this before, but it's a good time to insert it. What text are you in? 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. The father of compassion, and he's sitting there talking to him in Matthew, the God of all comfort. Which yeah, meant, this goes with four, where it, it says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's yeah. right. He comforts us in all our troubles. He's always there so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So it has a way among human beings of spreading out. It begins to spread when you're around people who are comfort, comforting to right. be around than the ones you're, you're waiting on some belligerent, uh, yeah, hollering and belligerent. For just as the sufferings, which is mentioned in the Beatitudes, of Christ flow into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we, that's even when 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 it, you lose loved ones or something unfortunate happened, if we're distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. 
If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. Life's always going to be, there's going to be suffering there from a lot of different angles, but you need to be ready for it. And without God, it's difficult to deal with. Our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. That's a lot said about comfort, but exactly. it goes along with the beatitude because well, with got, this particular group of people, there was a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah going on. If you read First and Second Corinthians, there was a lot of work that needed to be done among the brothers because they were, you know, some of them said, I, I follow Paul, I follow Savior. They had broken it down, and there was a lot of uh, discomfort among them. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it made me think. And I the for, Beatitudes uh, that Jesus said that day was not being demonstrated. Right. Exactly. I I left out one key point on verse 5 that I discovered, which when it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Well, the meek, when you come to God, he supplies the power, which is why I read that in Romans 5. And that's why I think it says, for they will inherit the earth. Because when you have the Spirit of God, God is reigning, the kingdom is here, and that's why he says, you will inherit the earth. You know, when you think about that verse, Revelation 5.10, it says, uh, he has made them to be a kingdom and priest, and they will reign on the earth. Yeah. So I think that's what it's referring to, because you think, well, in all these other things, he's talking about heaven. You know, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven because God is your father. Jesus is is your Lord and Savior, and you now have the Holy Spirit. You're part of the kingdom of heaven on earth. But when he says the meek will inherit the earth, I think that's more about you reigning on the earth, being spirit-filled that's right. while we're here now. That's right. I don't know of any other way you could... Because why would you want the earth if it's going to burn up one day? It's like if somebody says, hey, man, you guys rule. We're like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Of course, then they usually laugh. They go back to that (laughs) demon-possessed guy. They go, ha. (laughs) So I wanted to say this for the last one. I guess this we're we're doing the first half of this because we're almost out of time. So the, the fourth one was about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I, I think that seems obvious, but you got to realize when you come at God with this brokenness and with perhaps mourning and pain and, and powerless, and you're now, you've done a terrible job of doing right because we are all sinners. We're all imperfect. So I think there's a lot of places you could go, but the one that I, I really liked was when Paul in Philippians 3 And I think this goes in with what that's saying. In verse 7, he said, Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss. Well, there's the poor in spirit. Yep. For the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss, which there's the meekness and the mourning, because he looks back on his past. I mean, his whole past. I mean, here's a guy talking about some mourning. He was killing other Christians before he came to Christ. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, 
for whose sake I've lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now, here's the part about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And being found, this is verse 9 of Philippians 3, and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, which I think that's what Jesus is fixing to address in the next three chapters, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith, which is when you asked that question earlier about the guy saying, how do I know I have faith? I was thinking of this verse. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. When you have that mindset, you're literally getting up with the Spirit of that's God being great, led. That's a great mindset. To hunger for, thir- you know, for... But for isn't it interesting right that he uses Jesus. two physical um, components, hunger and thirst, but put in a spiritual context. In other words... As much as you get hungry in every day and you eat or you get thirsty and you drink, just that same automatic, I have to do this to survive, he puts it in a spiritual context that's and true. says, that's the way I want you pursuing righteousness. Well, just true. like you would yeah. feed yourself and give but yourself. But to your like, point, whatever you put in is what's going to come out correct. In, in your life. It reminds so, me of that Hebrews, what it's for, where he says, you know, you know, you take the scriptures and you feed on them yeah. and 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 you train yourself to distinguish good from evil. That's right. There's a lot of truth in that. You know well, what right. I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Dial's point. I mean, when the guy said, how do you know you can have faith? You know, First John 5 says, I write these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's it. I mean, that's what I more said, of this. There. Yeah, you put more of these qualities, especially the red letters. It'll sure keep you going. Into your heart. Yeah. yeah. And then next thing you know, you're like, huh. Becoming, I'm becoming like Jesus. Michael Jeremiah Johnson, when that old mountain man asked him, you know, he said, "Where's it all the trouble?" He said, "Huh? What trouble?" It's <laughs> 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 a good way to look at all the stuff that the world throws at you, Jason. Boy, right. y'all are taking a beating, aren't you? You say beating? Huh? Huh? huh. Yeah. That's a good way to end this. That's huh? good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.